Good evening, everyone. How are we all doing tonight? Come on, while we're standing, why don't we open up in prayer? But before we do that, I just want to remind you that this is a Dortmund top that my father gave me. It's got his name on the back, so I'm just I'm putting it out there. I'm still a Man United fan. Usually Liverpool are very scared because they're sitting in what, like eighth or seventh. Or, but um, <laughs> but um, my dad uh, lost a bit of weight, and so I, I had to take this off his hands. Um, so if you know my dad, you'll know that, Jack. <laughs> Come on, he is sitting here somewhere, and he's probably smiling at that as well. Come on, let's open up in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this time. I pray, Lord God, that even in this moment, as we've had so much fun and such an amazing moment of worship, I pray that you'd quieten down our hearts now, Father God, so that we may be in a place, a position to receive your word. And I pray even as your word is so powerful, it's confirmed by you, Lord God, I pray that it doesn't return void, that it takes root in our heart, Father God. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you just use me tonight, that I'm just a vessel, Father God, but it's you who who goes before us. I thank you, God, for tonight, and I pray you bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't you, when you take your seats, say to somebody, I'm so glad you're here tonight. What is your name? Find somebody and introduce yourself to them tonight. Man, it is really, really good to be with you tonight. Um, I really am privileged to be here to share from the pulpit. I just want to honor our lead pastor, Andre Kreef and Leanne Kreef. They just do an absolutely amazing job. And just thank you for the, the privilege of being here to be able to share the word uh, tonight. And we actually, for those of you that have, I just want to find out, could I get a little bit of reverb off the, the mic if possible? Sorry. Um, um, yeah, so tonight, if you have joined us for the first time, I want to let you know that we're in the fourth week of our wisdom series, and it's been absolutely, how many of you have really been blessed by those wisdom series? I mean, it's really spoken such clarity and practicality into my life, and it's just, even though we even serve in ministry, there's been moments that I'm going, I need to improve on that. I can grow in that. And so uh, tonight, we are going to be carrying on with our wisdom series, and Andy Stanley wrote a series called What's the Wise Thing to Do? And you would have heard Andre share this uh, if you were here this morning or if you were here last week, Sunday evening, you would have heard Andre share this. Um, and the series is done by Andy Stanley, but it says based on your past experience and your current situation and your future hopes and dreams, what's the wise thing to do? And when you face with any situation, you should always ask yourself this question, is if you take your past, your present, and your future experiences, what is the wise thing to do in this season? You know, I've got a question for you. Have you ever traded what you wanted most uh, for uh, what you wanted in a moment for what you wanted most? Sorry, what you wanted in a moment for what you wanted most? Is is it out there? Have you ever traded what you want most for what you wanted in a moment? How many of you have ever done that before? Let me give you an example quickly. It's my son's 11th birthday today. Come on, thank you, Jesus. 11 times around the sun. He's an absolutely little gem. He's lots of fun to be around. He's got such a leadership skill about him, but he's got this, this ability to grow. But he's super passionate about soccer, and he is a thoroughbred Man United fan. And um, so he today, all he wanted for, uh, for, for Christmas, for his birthday, was to go to Canal Walk. And uh, yeah, every parent went, seriously, is that what you want to do? But all he wanted to do was to go to Canal Walk and so that he could go walk through sports shops. 
That's all he'd And you know, we were going, perfect, it's your birthday, you get, it's your day, you get to decide what you want to do. So he started it in the house of God this morning and celebrated, and he loved it. He served in the house of God this morning, and after church, we were packed up, we went to Canal Walk to go and get, um, uh, walk through these shopping, these sports stores, only to find out that what he was actually trying to get at is he wanted a pair of soccer boots. Now, he's already got a pair of soccer boots, but he wants another pair of soccer boots. He wants these really bright pink soccer boots that Ronaldo wears. He's a massive Ronaldo fan and he really had to have these pink soccer boots. And so as we walked through the stores, we actually saw the price of the soccer boots. And eventually we're looking at them and going, that's not kind of what your, your budget is. And then he, he kind of like, oh, but you know, that, and he wouldn't want to let, so eventually he kind of, he, he eased us up to a point where we said, okay, fine, we'll take the, the soccer boots. And uh, so he gets all excited and he starts to put these bright, I mean, they are cerise pink. They are super bright. Uh, they suit Ronaldo. Uh, and they, like, he puts them on. And, and I can see, he, put, he starts, the first thing he does, he crunches up his toes. So he goes, they fit perfect. Because <laughs> he knows what I'm going to do. I go down and I feel it. I'm like, no way, straighten out your toes. So he goes, no, 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 my toes are straight. I said, boy, straighten out your toes. Do this. So he does that with his foot. And then all of a sudden, his toes are sitting right on the front. Now, this is the last size in this Nike mercurial boot. It's the last size. And he goes, but they feel fine. I'm saying, boy, you are play, you one place striker and you're going to sprint in those and you're going to need to cross a ball in those. Like those are not going to be fine. You're going to lose your toenails in that. And he says, no, 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 they're perfect. And to a point that he actually got so stuck in that he didn't want to leave until he got these boots. And what he was doing is we were trying to let him understand that what you want most is a pair of soccer boots that you can play soccer on. But he, what he wanted in the moment was he didn't want to leave a store without those pair of boots today. And had we had left him to get those boots, I think that he would have short-lived those boots like a lot of us in our lives. When we make those decisions in an impulse, we short-live those decisions because those boots he would have given away in the next few weeks because they would have been too small. But luckily, Canal Walk was big enough and we eventually found a pair of boots in that size that he walked out with his soccer boots today. But the point of what I'm trying to say is that sometimes we can trade what we want in a moment uh, for what we actually want most. I, I worked at Edgar's and uh, we used to sell Jordans. How many Jordan fans here? And I used to laugh because guys would come in on a Friday and they would buy a pair of Jordans. <laughs> and they would put them on, the Jordans wouldn't fit. I don't know what it was, but in that time, in the 80s and 90s, the smaller the shoe looked, the better. And I could see that these guys' toes were like all crumped up in these. And I used to look at those shoes and said, can I get you a bigger size? Like, no, 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 this one's just right. I'm thinking like, so anyways, I used to weigh them off on a Friday and say, I'll see you on Monday shoes. Because <laughs> they would go party on them and bring them back for a credit on Monday. They're just too small. So I was like, sometimes we actually make silly decisions and we know that they're wrong, but we do them anyway. How many have ever been there? I'm speaking about myself. Like I've been there so many times. And tonight we're going to be speaking about remaining teachable. And so the, the, the message that we will be talking about is remaining teachable. Now, wisdom is about being teachers. You see, I don't think that a day goes by that I don't pray for wisdom. Whether it's for wisdom for making decisions in the church or in my personal life or my trials or my complications, I realize that I need wisdom all the time. I'll let you know that you need wisdom to make the right decisions 
all the time. And so the Bible talks about four classes of wisdom. And in James chapter three, we're gonna read through what are the four different classes of wisdom that we can get. And it starts from verse 14, it says, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover it up for the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, they're unspiritual, and they're demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there will, you will find disorder and evil of every kind. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy, and it's fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Four types of wisdom that stands out there, four characteristics of wisdom is there's earthly wisdom. That's the type of wisdom that we gain experience, and as we go through life, we learn these things. There's intellectual wisdom. They can go and study at a varsity and try and get, even Paul was challenged with the Greeks that thought that intellectual capacity was more important than spiritual capacity. And so that wisdom will fade away. Then there's demonic wisdom, devilish wisdom. Now, some of you, if I asked any of you, have any of you ever practiced demonic wisdom? I think the immediate answer with you sitting in a church would go, no ways. But I wanna let you know that the devil operates in pride, greed, selfishness, anger, bitterness. These are all demonic things. And when we practice those things, we're actually growing in wisdom in those things. And we need to realize that we've got to put to shame those devil sort of demonic ways. But the bar, James talks about wisdom from above. And this is the type of wisdom I want to talk about tonight. It's a pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, and full of mercy kind of wisdom. There's four ways to get wisdom, and it says this in the Bible, my NR, never incorrect version Bible, actually says that the four ways that the Bible tells us that we get wisdom is through the fear of God, it's through desiring wisdom from God, it's praying for wisdom, and it's studying God's Word. Now week one, the first part of the series would have opened up and would have spoken about the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about the fear of the Lord like you, you, as if God is bad and He's gonna smite you when you do bad. But the fear of the Lord in the Bible actually talks about, it's, it's the fear of being absent from Him. It's being separated from Him. There's a fear of knowing that when we aren't close to God, there is a fear of that. It's a healthy reverence. It's a respect for Him. Week two, I loved Andre's message. I know we've been, all been preaching different, but Andre said something that, that stood out to me. And he said, you know, uh, the second week we were talking about making wise decisions. And he said, you know, the greatest regrets are linked to your unwise decisions. And I haven't forgotten about that because I've thought about all the unwise decisions I've made in my life. And actually, if I ever had to regret certain things, they would have been based at some point of making a decision. Week three, we went into learning about being content uh, and wisdom. But tonight, we're gonna talk about wise people um, live a life that is a life of a learner, a, life, a lifelong learner. It's not as if you learn once off, it's learning through every single opportunity that we have that God has for us. I, wanna, I want you guys to participate with me tonight. Okay, you guys, everybody with me, just give me some snaps. If you're with me, everybody in the house, we've got the middle. Come on, on the side, it said compete. Okay, you guys are average. You guys, 
Come on, this side here. Everybody with me? Okay, you're all with me. Now I want you to participate with me. This letter up on the board now is the letter E. Everybody see the letter E? Okay, what I want you to do is I'd like you to draw the letter E, an invisible in letter E on your forehead. If you could do that on the count of three. One, two, three. Now all of you have drawn the letter E onto your forehead and I want to ask you this question. Which direction did you draw the letter E? Did you draw it so that you could read it? Or did you draw it that other people could read it? You see, communication's a two-way thing. And wisdom is understanding both communications. It's not understanding my way that I need to see everything and not just understanding the way you need to see. It's taking the full compass of all the context together. And so the, the, the communication is so important in wisdom because it needs the ability to know, do you only communicate with people so that you can understand it or do you communicate it so that it can understand it? You know, and we went to Zambia mission trip last year and I just, I remember this moment uh, that while we were in worship now, and so I remember speaking to God the morning when we were gonna go and do, James and myself were gonna sit with some of the leaders that had, they had traveled like quite far to get there. I mean, like hundreds of kilometers on foot to come to this leader's training in a little village underneath a tree. It was, it, there were no bells and whistles. There were no like lanyard tags. There was no high fives and amazing music, it was coming to under the tree. And guys would walk hundreds of kilometers to do this. And I remember praying um, that morning saying, God, will you allow me to learn something today? You see, those guys were coming so that they, they could be taught by us and we could coach those guys. But I remember God turning my heart saying that you can learn in this moment more than they can learn in that moment. Don't just go with the attitude of I'm gonna give you information and therefore we've done our deed. We need to realize that every situation of our lives is a teachable, learnable moment that we can learn from anyone in that season. And I remember learning so much from those gentlemen sitting underneath the tree. You see, the biggest problem with understanding is this. It's the ability to listen. How many of you are great listeners? Oh my God, that's pretty honest of all you guys. How many of you are not great listeners? Come on, there we go. I, I put myself in that as well. Have you ever like listened to somebody telling you a story and you're just thinking about what you're gonna tell them next? <laughs> I'm not the only one. You know, there's an old saying and it, Stephen Covey's got it in his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and it's, it's, it's habit five that he talks about. And he says that in any way, if you wanna grow in understanding, you need to seek first to understand and then try and be understood. A lot of us try and be understood and then we try and gain understanding around that. But we should first seek to, be under, uh, to understand and then be understood. <clears throat> so we need to gain a wisdom of understanding. Proverbs 4, 7 says this. The first step to becoming wise is to look for wisdom. So use everything you have, say it with me, to? Let's try that again. To? You know, God wants us to actually learn from our whole story. He doesn't want us just to learn and give somebody else a story. We need to take into consideration that we can learn from any and every situation. You see, every single one of us wants to grow and get better. 
That's part of our lives. We all want to grow. All of us, some of you want to grow in uh, your relationships. Some of you want to grow in your parenting skills. Some of you want to grow in your workspace. Some of you want to grow in your studies. Some of you want to grow in your health or in your spirituality. But all of us want to grow. There's this urge and this desire to want to grow and learn more. And so the lid sometimes on our growth is the ability to listen. And so if there's anything that wisdom can teach us, it can teach us to keep quiet and listen. James even tells us, be slow to anger, quick to listen, slow to speak. You know, husbands are the best to share secrets. You can share secrets with any husband on the planet and they'll never tell anyone because they probably didn't listen to you when you were telling them anyway. You know, the other day, Abby's yelling at me because I don't know about you, but I'm a thinker and I'm always thinking about the church and the kids' school and where we're we going and trying to strategize and think ahead that I get so stuck in the future that I'm actually not in the present and I'm driving with my, my kids or my family and I'm with Abby the other day and she goes, did you even hear a thing I just said to you? She like yells at me, did you even hear anything? She says, I've been speaking to you for a while. Did you hear absolutely anything? And I thought to myself, man, that's a really weird way to start a conversation. <laughs> I was like. It's funny how nobody's ever listening until you've made a mistake. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Hey? Like nobody's listening. And when you make a mistake, all of a sudden everybody's like aware. There's that foot in mouth disease where you say things. Have you ever said something that you wish you hadn't yet thought about it first before you said it? I think we all suffer from this, this ability to listen and we talk first. And so the topic tonight is to remain teachable because wise people understand this point. The person who believes he has the answer for everything will never learn anything new. And if your capacity is to learn something new, you need to realize you don't have the answers for everything. And that's the place that we need to start. So tonight, let's learn from the scriptures what it says about remaining teachable. And so there's an interesting point that Lane uh, does in Church of the Highlands on this particular, te- uh, one of the wisdom teachings. Uh, he actually goes, you know, that out of the 26 of the 31 chapters of Proverbs in the Bible, it talks about the topic of remaining teachable. 26 of the 31 chapters in the Bible talks about remaining teachable. And 10 of them, all start, 10 of those chapters start with this particular topic to remain teachable. Remaining teachable is not a good idea, it's a God idea. And so I'm gonna get to my first point now is that um, the, the enemy of wise teachable heart, what's the enemy of a wise teachable heart? Well, number one, it's foolish talk. It's foolish talk. What is foolish talk? Well, Proverbs 10, 8 says this, the wise are glad to be instructed, but the babbling fools fall flat on their faces. Any of you ever met a know-it-all? <laughs> Sometimes with my daughter, I'm trying to like go through this because I'm like, she knows everything about anything. I swear she can tell NASA how to do their jobs properly these days. Like the next generation has grown up differently to my generation because we used to have those Snoopy encyclopedias that my parents bought from Reader's Digest and that used to sit on a shelf. Now everybody's got Google and information is at your hand anytime. So all of a sudden we've got a lot of people with a lot of information but no wisdom. And so what they become is they become know-it-alls. Like there's nothing you can say that they don't correct you on. 
But this is what the Bible says about that in Proverbs 28, 26. It says, those who trust their own insights are foolish, but anyone who walks in wisdom is safe. Have you ever met a been there, done that guy? CJ says, I'm a been there, done that guy. I must just remember, I'm nearly 20 years older than CJ has. <laughs> it's like, but CJ's like, he says to me, how can you have been there and done that, all that stuff? But I love it because he's checking me because what CJ is almost saying to me is he's saying to me, you haven't listened to a thing I've just said. You've just trumped with what you, you've done before. You've just brought your experience into the story, but are you paying attention? Are any of you been there, done that people? <laughs> Bought the t-shirt, there's nothing that, you, that, that anyone can trump on the fact that you have done it. Proverbs 18.2 says, Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Man, that's, a, that's quite a hectic scripture because it actually, that stings. But the fact that it stings should allow us to let it take root in our heart and start to activate, are we this? And so tonight isn't about putting a damper on you. It's about bringing things to your awareness. It's about saying, are we the people that think that we have it all together? What about the one-upper? You know that dude, when you say, hey, I went for a surf and the wave was five meters. Uh, we had like a five-foot wave and I thought it was so amazing. And he goes, no, oh, that's nothing. When I was out there, it was 10 foot and then I jumped on a shark and then I surfed the shark and then I jumped on a whale and I wrestled the crocodile and that was a really cool surf. How many of you know, <laughs> ever been around that guy? I'm going like, oh my, you've always done everything better than anybody else. Well, this is what the Bible says about that. It actually says in Proverbs 12, 15, it says the fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. And so these particular things are areas that are enemies. Foolish talk is an enemy to wise, teachable heart. You know Why? Because people, like Chris Hodges says in the freedom uh, curriculum we did, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if you really care, we need to listen. Okay, the second one is, what is a good example of a teachable heart? What is a good example of a teachable heart is a listening heart. Proverbs 1 verses 5, chapter 5 says this, let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance. Let those with understanding receive guidance. I remember um, even in the church, I had to take, uh, take uh, heed of information that was given. Like my mom got really sick and I remember getting that call in COVID. Like she's on death's door and she's, she's going to hospital and she needs to get there immediately. And I, I remember it being like quite an awkward, stressed out moment. And I, in that moment, I phoned a friend of mine that I trust. Like this person is somebody that speaks into my life. And I was like, listen, I'm almost phoning him to tell him what I'm about to do. I'm going to go and fetch my mom and take them to the hospital. I wasn't phoning for any advice. I was actually phoning to say, this is what I'm going to go and do. And I was expecting this friend of mine to actually say to you, boo, do it, do it quickly. And all of a sudden he said, don't do that. And I was like, what are you talking about? This is my mom. And I got like all emotional. What are you talking about? This is my mom. And he said, no, Bruce, that's not a wise decision. So I was like, Bruce, this is my mom. I want to protect her. This, I, 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 the, you, you don't, and he said, do you love your mom? I said, yes. He said, you obviously care about your mom. Yes. He says, and this is not the wisest thing to do. He said, because you're going to go and fetch your mom who has COVID right now. And then you're going to contract COVID and come back to your family. 
and you're gonna bring COVID home and your family are gonna be in the same position as your mom. I think you need to stop and slow down and think about what you're gonna do right now and make a wise decision. You see, in my emotional moment, I wanted to just, I wanted what was in the moment. But what I wanted most was my mom to be well. And so this friend slowed me down and said, listen here, let's talk about ways that we can get your mom to hospital and to safety. And I know that I take this because this friend loves me, loves my family, cares about us. But he was like, let's actually brainstorm. Okay, you could get an ambulance. You could. And in that moment, he spoke me down out of this emotional moment that I was gonna take a, a in the moment decision and I was just gonna react in that moment. And he made me think that there, there's a wiser decision because there's a longer term to this. There's a much better way to do this. And some of us need friends like that in our season that actually speak the truth. They don't just get on your emotional high horse with you and goes, yeah, go and do and everybody's running off in the same direction. It doesn't help you. It makes you more sick. Did you see what that person said to me? Yes, I can't believe she said that to you. Oh no, no, let's go tell Susan. Susan, no, did you see that person said yes? Now before you know it, everybody's caught up in this emotional mess because somebody didn't stand up and say, what is the wise thing to do? Based on your past experience and your current situation and your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do right now? And so I'll let you know that my mom came out and she's, she's super healthy now and everything actually worked out best. And it was a wise decision, but it wouldn't have happened if I didn't have a friend and I wasn't humble enough to listen and heed advice. If I didn't have a teachable spirit to understand what he was saying, I would never have gotten to that point. And so here's the thing that I wanna tell you is that listening hearts is always humble. Proverbs 11.2 says this, pride leads to disgrace, but with humility comes wisdom. You can't learn how to be wisdom. You can't learn how to be humble. Um, we went to a conference recently and Louis Giglow said this. He said, you know, people think that you can learn how to be humble. You either are humble or you're not. Decide. And so you'll understand that a teachable heart is humble. It takes a road and goes, okay, I'm prepared to listen. The second thing, it has a desire to grow. Proverbs 27, 17 says, it says, iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Do you know that my whole family has been healthier because of that decision? Not only did that friend love me enough to actually say that he, what he needed to say, say the thing that should not be said, correct me and actually say the right thing. That moment has allowed a family to be way healthier. And so sometimes we need to take the correction and we need to realize that the correction isn't there to break us, it's there to grow you. If your boss is giving you a hard time, your correction is not there to break you, it's to grow you. You can always look at everything in your life and say that it's about to break you. It's not. Stop, think wisely, it is actually gonna grow you because every opportunity that comes against you has an ability to grow you. You can even ask Joseph about that because even what Satan intended to harm him, God turned for the good. And I believe that for each and every single one of us here tonight. The third thing is how to practice and grow. Well, sorry, I missed a point. The other thing, uh, lastly on the listening heart is that we'll embrace correction. Proverbs 12 verses one says, to learn you must love discipline. I love this point. It is stupid to hate correction. That's the New Living Translation Bible. 
by the way. I think that they're trying to get their points across. If you can't handle correction, you've got to ask yourself, are you being stupid in that moment? Because stupid people hate discipline because discipline helps you get healthier. How to grow and how to practice and grow a teachable heart? Well, with a teachable life. You need to live a teachable life. And so Proverbs 13 13 to 14 says, people who despise advice are asking for trouble. Those who who respect a command will succeed. The instruction of the wise is like a life-giving fountain that those who accept it avoid the snares of death. You need to remain teachable. I was in Milnison High School and um, I did woodwork. (laughs) Now, if anybody knows me, I'm so terrible at fixing anything. Like I can break things easy, but let me try and fix it. And I remember taking woodwork thinking I was just going to slide through this class. It was going to be much easier to slide through if the worship team could come up. And um, I remember coasting in this class. We had a passionate teacher. He was like, I mean, he said, I remember like the first day we got there, uh, I thought, I'm just going to coast through. This is going to be an easy one. And the teacher on the first day is like, woodworking is incredibly rewarding hobby for you. And I was like, whatever. The teacher was like, it can last you a lifetime and you'll be able to pass it down to your generations. And I was like, hell no. <laughs> and the teacher goes on to say that, um, are you ready to delve in the wonderful world of woodwork? And I'm like, no. And I remember we had to, the project for the first term was that we had to make this cheese board. And I, I messed around. There was this guy, Ryan, that took everything seriously. I swear he had his name carved in everything. He was like, Austin, teacher, what is about this? How can I improve this? I'm just like coasting, talking to everybody, like being naughty and talking to everyone in the class, like with my shirt hanging out and my tie, you know, the cool dudes try to like tie hanging, skewed, trying to like waste time. And I remember I got to the end of that term and we had to hand in this cheese board. I had no cheese board, nothing. And it had to be in that afternoon. So I did what most reasonable people will do. I went to the scrap box and grabbed whatever wood I could get out of there. And I nailed like what looked like a retarded handle onto this thing. It looked terrible. It looked like an ornament that you would have probably seen in a horror movie. It was shockingly bad. And I gave it in and he looked and he said, Mr. Schroeder, I'm not marking that. I said to him, why? It's amazing. And he just said to me, you've put no effort into that. You've wasted this term and you're not wasting my time. You're only wasting yours when you're not prepared to learn. And I remember taking that thing home and thinking to myself, I'm gonna take it. Because he said like, take that thing out of my woodwork class. I don't even wanna see it. So I put it in my bag and forgot about it. And then as I got home, I put it on the table. My mom, my mom was like, this is amazing. <laughs> What? Are you serious? It's so funny when I was preaching tonight, I said, Mom, you know that cheese board? She says, yes, it's in the cupboard. (laughs) She still got it today. I was like, that thing was ugly. But I remember that I had to change because he said, you know what? You're going to fail this class unless you remained. And I remember that I had to change something the way that I did it. I had to get rid of this like, nailed it attitude to like, I have to focus. And so three things that I had to do is that learners initiate. If you're a lifelong learner, you've got to initiate. You see, the fools wonder, the wise ask questions. 
James 1 verses 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous Father and He will give it to you. So first step is I needed to go and ask the teacher what I needed to do, how I needed to get on. I had to be prepared to learn and ask questions. The second thing is learners implement. James 1 verses 22 says, but don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. When the Woodward teacher came to me, I ended up passing the next couple of, because I listened to what he did and I applied what he's, I love the way the scripture ends. It, it actually says, but don't just listen to God's word. You must also do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. Sometimes we can't handle it when somebody makes a fool of us, but sometimes the biggest person that makes a fool of us is ourselves. When we don't practice what, we, what we're learning and the Word of God, when we don't practice it and put it into play, we can actually lose out. The last thing is leaders improve. James 3 verse 7 says, but the wisdom from above is all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and it's sincere. I think, guys, I don't know tonight what position you're in, but I wanna let you know that this is the Word of God. This is not my words. This is God's Word saying that we need to remain teachable in our season. And I don't know what you're going through. You may be getting into a space where you aren't teachable, where you have hardened your heart, like Cain did with Abel. Cain hardened his heart to such a point that he, God didn't say, I'm gonna smite you and kill you, Cain. You gave me a horrible offering in the beginning of the Bible. He said, go and correct it. But he hardened his heart so much, he ended up killing his brother. He ended up doing what the devil wanted, not what God wants. And sometimes if our hearts are too hard, we need to soften them with the Word of God. We need to apply the Word of God in our lives because this is what the Word will teach us, to fear God, to desire wisdom from Him every day and to pray for wisdom and to study God's Word. Can we bow our heads quickly? I wanna take a moment to just pray for anybody that is wanting to, to be more teachable in this season. Maybe you acknowledge that this space that you're in at the moment, you're not teachable in. And I'm talking about myself here tonight as well. If there's an area that you can improve, I just wanna pray for a blessing over you this evening. So if that is you, on the count of three, can you quickly just raise your hand so I know I'm praying for one, two, three. If that's you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord God, we just thank you for each and every hand that's raised and even those that are almost feeling a little bit fearful to raise their hand, Father God, I pray that you would just bless them and anoint them, Lord. I pray that even as they have become aware of this, that your Holy Spirit will start to draw them closer to you. Your Word of God says that as we resist the devil, he has to free, flee and as we draw nearer to you, you draw nearer to us. And I thank you that in this moment, you are already drawing nearer to us. We pray for more of your wisdom, Father God and a teachable spirit. If you're here tonight and you haven't ever received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, for whatever reason, I don't know, maybe you, you've spent your whole wisdom journey in earthly wisdom or intellectual wisdom. Maybe you've even gotten stuck into some stuff that you know that's not of God. But you recognise tonight is an opportunity to change the direction of that. And so if that is you here tonight and you, you feel that the Lord is speaking into your heart, I wanna, I wanna encourage you to take a step tonight and that's to raise your hand. 
It's just to acknowledge. It's not for any other reason but to acknowledge between you and God tonight, saying, Lord, I need to remain teachable. I've tried to do it in my own strength, Lord, but I've realized that I can't do it anymore and I need you. If that's you, on the count of three, can I ask you to raise your hand so I know who we're praying for if you want a relationship with Jesus. One, two, three. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Church, can we pray together? Heavenly Father. Come on, church, we can do better than that. Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. We thank you. We thank you. That you loved us first. That you loved us first. Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. I recognize that I was a sinner. And I fall short of your grace. I fall short of your grace. Every single day. Every single day. But I, know but I know that you have made a way, that you, have made a way. That you sent your son, you sent your son to, die to die on the cross for me. And it's through that sacrifice, through that, sacrifice that you have redeemed me to you. Lord Jesus, I want to choose you tonight. I ask you to come into my heart. And will you transform my heart, Lord, that I may live out your example. I may remain teachable. I'll serve you for the remainder of my days. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Come on, thank you. Come on, let's thank Dieter. A great message. For everyone who responded, uh, you prayed that prayer, you meant it, you asked Jesus to come into your life. I want to encourage you to tell somebody. Uh, I saw a lot of hands go up and that's our next step we want you to take. Um, just to actually tell somebody and let them pray with you. So if everyone just looks to their right, um, you'll see the door open over there. We've got men and women counselors, So you can make your way there and they'll pray with you. Um, and if you need any prayer, and you, you might not put your hand up, you can also make your way down there and just tell somebody what you need or tell somebody if you've made a decision to serve Jesus or to come back to Jesus. And, and yeah, you can... Um, just have somebody stand with you. Um, I want to remind you guys about what's coming up if you missed out, um, if you forgot about church news. We, of course, got Mother's Day coming up next week. We're going to have some fun. We also, of course, got that competition. So we want to encourage all our moms with their kids to be part of it. You can use the booth or you can, you can do it at home. Um, and then you can send in your video. Uh, but we want to encourage you to invite your mom, bring your family to church. We're going to have a great Mother's Day. After that, we're going to start a brand new series in the book of Galatians. So we're going to, for four weeks, go through that book. It's a short book. It's six chapters. And we're going to ask everyone to read the book with us. Also go through devotional. But the best part of the series is going to be uh, the opportunity for you to get into a circle, to get into a view group. So we are going to encourage you to read the book with us. You're going to understand um, who the author is, the context, and really just practice reading through a book in the Bible. And then we want to give you an opportunity, if you've never done it, for four weeks to commit to a view group uh, where you get to not only learn in your row, you're going to take it to another level. You're going to grow in a circle because when you talk about Scripture and about the topic, you actually will grow a lot more than just when you listen. So we would encourage you to make the most of it. After that, we're going to do an encounter series after the uh, book of Galatians. And that will lead to our mid-year fast where you get to reset. We're going to have five nights of worship. We do two fasts a year, 21 days beginning of the year. And then we do five nights of worship 
We do seven days of prayer and fasting in the middle of the year just to reset and to get ready for the next six months. So why don't you prepare for that? Do the Book of Galatians with us, then do the Encounter series, which is gonna help you get ready for that next step. So for our new people, you can walk out the doors to the banner and get your first uh, free cappuccino, or you might wanna use your voucher to go get a hot chocolate. But you can also go out there to get connected to a view group. 